Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM Community Radio. My name is Andy. It's very nice to be back here in the Triple Z studio. I'm a much more infrequent presence these days, but stopping in town for a bit and sitting in the old Paradigm Shift hot seat. I'm also joined by Johnny and Sabrina. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Sabrina. <laughs> These guys are coming to check you out a bit of what making community radio is all about and is all about um, community. It's about representing the issues that matter to people and making our own media and we need it more than ever. So keep supporting 4ZZZ. Today on The Paradigm Shift, we are going to be talking about native forests and protecting them. I spoke to people uh, in Tasmania, Eric, about the Tarquine, which in the northwest of Tassie, there they're trying to um, protect that uh, part of the country. Uh, also, I spoke to um, a group of people this morning in the central highlands of Victoria, who it was very busy there. They were actually on the road blockading while I spoke to them, and you get a little bit of action in there. I also spoke to Shona in Western Australia about um, the campaign there to stop blogging in the southwest. And it is crazy when you consider we're in a climate emergency. The only effective way we have of storing carbon from the atmosphere is growing forests. And we've just lost a heap of them in this country to bushfires with potentially worse fire seasons to come up. And yet we're still chopping down our native forests. It makes no sense at all. And so all these people out there protecting forests, doing everybody a favour. And, of course, we're also going to play some songs about forests and protecting them, some classic old ones, maybe some new ones. Maybe we'll start off with a bit of a song from Insurge. This is a favourite of mine. This is called Lock On. Your belief is strong enough, but come on If you've had enough and you wanna change the world Come on, we make the sacrifice Take chain and bring a lock device Lock on, until the TRG saw right on through your arm I say, lock on 
That is In Surge there, a bit of a classic from the late 90s, um, an era of lots of blockading around the country, protecting our forests, and lots of locking on to things. Of course, it is the process by which you attach yourself to a machine to immobilize that machine until the police come and cut you off. Uh, A method of protesting developed in Australia, some of the first forest blockades and uh, honed over the years, of course, last year in Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk outlawed the lock-on device. But as we will hear, um, people not only in this state but around the country are still out there locking on, including in Tasmania, where there's been quite a few actions of that kind in the last couple of weeks in the northwest of the state. I spoke to Eric who has been involved in the campaign to protect the Tarkine there. Let's hear from him. Could you start by introducing yourself? Hi, my name's Eric. I uh, live down in Tasmania, and I just spend a lot of time um, trying to protect these wild places in our our wild forest. Um, I've been here for probably 15 years, and um, it's been a thing that I've been doing for quite a long time. So Tasmania is famous for beautiful uh, natural landscapes and a lot of people go down there to do famous bushwalks and things like that. But it's also quite famous as a site of protest in Australia going back to the Franklin River and then southwest forests um, in more recent history. Can you tell us a bit about the, the background of protecting Tasmania's wild places? 
Yeah, so it does go back a long way from back in the Franklin, um, where the Green Party essentially was found founded. Um, way back, all the way to, like you say, to protecting quite a vast, vast swathes of the West um, in world heritage. But there's always been that area in between, between wilderness and urbanity that's been picked away over the years, especially over the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen continued efforts to try and fragment those areas. And we're talking about areas of tall, tall uh, eucalypt forests, so the tallest flowering plants in the world, the regnans grow here. Um, epic rainforests, so the largest swathes of um, cool temperate rainforests happen to exist in the northwest in the Tarkine area. Um, of Tasmania and they're still today pushing through new roads into new areas and clear felling and then burning um, these areas that just need to be left standing and um, yeah so there's um, quite a good contingent currently in Tasmania despite this heinous rain um, of all sorts of things going on within the activist community to stop that Yes, it's always one of the distinctive features of Tasmanian activism is uh, battling against the the weather as well as the the forces of greed and destruction. Um, but it seems like there's been a lot happening there at the Tarkine. Can you tell us a bit about that area in? So yeah, it's in the the Tarkine's in the northwest um, of Tasmania. It's an area that we're pushing for national park. There's a national park proposal and eventually world heritage area that we want pushed in there. Um, there are some mining activities and some proposed mines, but the majority of the destruction comes from the logging. Um, it's mostly cool temperate rainforest, so ancient Gondwanan rainforest. Um, it doesn't exist in many places in the world. Um, and this is definitely one of the largest tracts of that kind of uh, rainforest. Um, huge myrtles, massive sassafras, and then interspersed with like enormous giant eucalypt trees. Um, goes all the way down to the coastline. And there's some amazing um, and extensive Aboriginal heritage all along the, the northwest coast um, from the Takaina people um, that live down all the coast, um, 100, and 100, 100 or so kilometres of coastline with ancient middens um, that trail that coastline. So there are threats to all that area. And right now there's a, there's a blockade in the Tarkine that's been going for quite a few years now, um, on and off as it needs to be. Um, there's a, if anyone is coming to visit, there's a, there's a blockade along a a forestry road into one of these magnificent coops in the Sumac area in the northern part of the Tarkine. And um, it's a constant base camp. We have um, an aerial blockade with tree platforms and there's also uh, a camp that is constantly uh, inhabited. So around that also, anywhere else that um, the forestry industry, so Sustainable Timbers Tasmania, or unsustainable timbers has try and push into these areas within the national park boundary where they're to push them out so there are rolling actions that happen as soon as they try and do that um 
it's quite a consolidated effort um, to protect this this place, especially for for climate change now and for a, a national push. Uh, I suppose international push as well, but national push in Australia currently that we're going for no native forest logging um, in light of the bushfires having eradicated vast swathes, like the, the vast majority of um, of Victoria and all the way up the coast. So it's an important time now um, to push for, for no native forest logging. Mm. I've seen images recently of some direct action there. Tree sits up in some huge uh, trees and locks onto machines. Can you tell us a bit about what the campaign has been in recent times? Yeah, so within the last month, um, Sustainable Timbers Tasmania actually tried to push into an area of rainforest within the uh, national park boundary, um, the proposed national park, I should say. Um, and it's uh, it's an absolute outrage. We're talking like ancient Gondwanan rainforest that takes thousands of years to grow as a forest. Um, and they were going to pull out, they were trying to pull out um, a handful of sassafras logs and myrtle logs specifically for an elite building in Hobart, um, for the ceiling of, a, of an elite building in Hobart. So the recent push was basically to stop that. And after four or five days of constant direct actions of tree sits and people um, lock it, locking onto machinery, uh, and up tripods and some public campaigns and rallies in Hobart and in other big cities, they actually left. Um, so it was, a, it was a good win for us in Tasmania, but for, for a global movement to show that direct action puts a lot of pressure on, in the right place. Um, definitely brought the story out there and brought a lot of uh, support from communities all around Tasmania and all over Australia, in fact, people coming down in support of these ancient rainforests. Direct action gets the goods again. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> can you tell us, so looking forward into the future, what for that campaign and for Tassie forests in general, uh, what does the future look like? So there's, uh, there's a significant amount of momentum currently for a push, especially for climate change, to, to, to protect forests that are standing still, especially native forests. Um, there's a lot of evidence now showing that fire um, is exacerbated by the logging of old forests and it's actually better to leave old forests standing, um, both for climate change but to, to reduce fire risk. Um, and in light of the fires in Victoria that just happened, that's... Um, pretty poignant um in the capacity to store carbon it's immense so old rainforests old eucalypt forests we're talking old ancient ancient that have never seen um logging they've never seen machinery in these areas they've just been there since the beginning of gondwana um and i see that there's a there's a big push for no native forest logging now and that's where we're going to be headed. We're not going to leave the Tarkine and we're going to actually be expanding into other areas of, of Tasmania, um, putting pressure on all groups, people that uh, there are little groups that are forming 
all over Tasmania and there's a lot more connectivity now with the activists um, from around Australia. It's a really important time now to, to push, push hard, push back. All right. Thanks very much, Eric. Um, anything else you want to leave us with? Just come down to Tassie. Come and, uh, come and check it out. It's pretty incredible. All right. Thanks and good work down there. Good one. Thanks, Andy. Have a, have a good one. Cheers.
That is the great shame. Sadly missed Brisbane band. Um, that song called Old Growth. Uh, these trees have been here for thousands of years. It said it also mentioned locking on there, which might be a theme to some of the songs I'm going to play today. Actually, we'll see. Has been so far. Um, we are talking about protecting native forests on the paradigm shift today. And before the uh, great shame, there we had Eric from Tassie talking about protecting the Tarkine. Uh, I'm going to go next to a very action-packed interview I did this morning with a group of women in the central highlands of Victoria. Uh, it's action-packed because the phone's on speakerphone and all these women just keep jumping in like the Wu-Tang Clan swapping verses or something like that. I can never really keep track of who I'm speaking to on there. It's also action-packed because while they are speaking on a road in a forest coop in Victoria, a logger pulls up in his truck and starts, they start having this argument. Uh, it's live action radio at its finest. Um I'll play that in a second, but I will also flag after that interview, I'm going to give you a chance to win. If you're a Fortune Z subscriber, you can win during this show tickets to David Rovick's playing tomorrow night at uh, the Albion Peace Centre. You may have heard of David Rovick's a long-time American folk singer. He's back in the country, and there'll be two double passes to give away. Not just yet. Stay tuned. Um, but during the paradigm shift, we will give them away. But first off, let's have a listen to a high tea going on uh, on a road to a logging coop in the central highlands of Victoria. Could you start by introducing yourself? Yeah, so here I'm from King Lake, Friends of the Forest. So we're in, we're in Warburton in beautiful forest, um, our native forest, our state forest in Victoria. Um, now, our State forest has been logged at about uh, five football fields per day here in Victoria. Um, uh, it's essentially being logged to deliver wood to the paper mill here in Victoria. Um, so 85% of what is logged is taken to the paper mill. Mm. Over the years, there's been a lot of action to protect forests uh, in Victoria. Can you tell us a bit about that? sort of history in East Gippsland or Otways and um, how that's affected forests in your state? I'm Nick. I'm from Auburn Environment. I do know about the Otways. Okay. Twelve years ago, they managed to yeah. get a whole halt in uh, from all logging. It was a grassroots movement that started all the way along and every individual little uh, environmental group banded together and fought hard for a few years. They formed a group called Oran, which is uh, Otway Rangers Environment Network, and they managed to stop all logging by the government, big forests, and that's been, been halted for 12 years. That has meant, though, that in Gippsland and Central Highlands, we have been impacted because the logging here has increased. They still need their quota of timber to go to the pulp mill, basically. So um, it was a win for the Otways, a loss for us. What we're seeing now after the Gippsland fires is an increase here in Central Highlands. The number of coops that have been released, the in intensity of the, the logging that is happening here is unbelievable. We have just had the biggest fires that we have ever seen in the whole of the world. And what the state government is letting their own business, Big Forest, so it's state 
sanctioned business do is go into these native forests and continue to log them without even stopping, not halting, they're increasing the amount of timber they're taking out of these these forests right here without even going, hey, wait a minute, we should be halting. We have just lost huge tracks of habitat for critically endangered and endangered species. But there's no stop, there's no halt, there's no moratorium at all. In fact, it is ramped up. And this is what we, as a small community here in Warburton, this is where we are today, are protesting about. It's time to stop all native forest logging, both the the ones that have survived the fire, but the ones that also were burned. Our habitat, apart from anything else, needs every chance it has to survive. And the way the government is not even in any way stopping the logging is just and it's incessant is just it's enough we've had enough all of us have had enough i did hear last year there was the announcement that the victorian state government would be phasing out native timber logging what's happened to that plan (laughs) well yeah, the Dan Andrews government announced that they would stop native timber, native forest logging in 10 years. That's in 2030. There will be no forest left by then. And they know that. They're, they're, it was just like an emperor's new clothes announcement. The contract for the pulp mill finishes in 2030 anyway. So it was an announcement of nothing. They also announced that they would not provide any transition money to the loggers or the haulers for four years. So that's until 2024. So the transition, the the people working in this industry cannot get any funding for transition now and they need it because the transition has to happen now. Andy, that, that announcement was before we had the huge loss from the fires, which... I've heard is around a million hectares, I think, in East Gippsland. So we're asking to bring that transition package uh, forward. Instead of waiting to 2024, because of the loss of forest and habitat, can they bring that forward and move away from native timber logging? Release the money now, basically. There's a policy. It's all been set up. Just bring it forward so that we can transition in a in a proper and respectful way the people that are in the industry and are scared for losing their jobs. So can you tell us a bit about that forest at, in the central highlands there? What are the distinctive features of that forest? Well, there's mountain ash forest, which is recognised as the... Uh, the most carbon-dense forest of any land-based forest in the world. Mangrove forests are more carbon-dense. But this forest contains 1, 000, can contain 1,900 tonnes per hectare of carbon. That's a massive amount of carbon compared to areas such as the Amazon, which contains around 250 tonnes of carbon per hectare. So... Mountain ash forest, the the amount of carbon just stored in this forest is massive. And when we cut that down and convert it to paper, that carbon is immediately, or within three years, emitted into the atmosphere. 
And what's more, when we cut down this forest, 50 to 60% of it remains on the ground. So that's all the lateral branches and the understory and the ferns. That all stays on the ground and is burnt the next year. So that's another massive release of carbon. It's a total waste of our incredible carbon stores. We also lose the potential for those, these forests to, uh, to absorb more carbon. So that's the mountain ash forest. There's also mixed species forest, which is an incredible carbon store as well. It's 850 tonnes per hectare. That's, um, and we're cutting that down to make paper and smoke. This is just directly causing emissions. It's not the time to be doing it. And so, Andy, the, the paradox is that the mountain ash is required uh, as per legislature to fulfil some of the pulp agreement to Australian paper mills. So that, that mountain ash is contained largely in the central highlands. So it is also the habitat of Leadbeater's possum, um, which is a critically endangered species. So on the one hand, we've got this beautiful tall trees, the largest flowering plant in the world. It's also in risk of the system collapsing, uh, the, the mountain ash system and community of mountain ash collapsing. But on the other hand, we've got Australian paper mills, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Nippon Paper, uh, having a contract to take X cubic metres, I can't tell you exactly how much, 350,000 cubic metres of mountain ash each year is required to fulfil that pulp agreement. So, so we've, yeah, we've got the contract on one side requiring it, but we've also got it being endangered. It's a beautiful timber. It's uh, leadbeater possum habitat and, and something unique that could potentially be a tourist draw card to, for the rest of the world. Hmm. Uh, and Andy, it's also um, the supply, the water supply for Melbourne comes from this forest. And every time we cut down forest, it re, well, it regrows to a degree. And as it regrows, it's a very, uh, it just sucks up the water. It's a very thirsty forest, the young forest. So the amount of water going to the Melbourne uh, reservoirs is depleted. Oh, Andy, Andy, you might just like to hear there's yeah. a logger who's just pulled up and harassing us at the moment. Oh, really? Well, you better not go in there, mate. You better not go in there if you're just from the public because you won't be sanctioned to. Uh, okay, Andy, we've got action here. This man's about to get out and harass us. We're just peacefully protesting here. Go and get a job. Yeah, okay. So, can you tell me a bit about the kind of uh, actions that you've done to protect that forest there? Yeah, so today we've, we're having high tea, actually, in the forest. We're just on the side of the road. We're, we're near an area that they're making... Uh, we were going to be in an area that they're making a road to, to access uh, a logging coop. Uh, that the, the road makers didn't turn up today, so it looks like we have stopped road making for the day, which is a huge achievement. Uh, so we've moved down to a, another area of, of uh, forest where, beside the road, 
outside a coop that's been active for quite some time. Can you, Nicole, you can tell me about a bit about the size of this well, coop? Well, this coop itself is about five coops, I believe it is. I, I don't have the exact, but I think it's around 230 hectares. It's been logged for uh, since last year. It's massive, absolutely massive. What what they're doing in here, well, they're, they're probably three quarters of the way through it, um, is about six kilometres from Warburton, uh, our homes. And uh, basically, when you start reading the uh, fire signs, you realise that we're going to have massive fires just here, crown fires in 10, 15 years, due to the fact that fire reduction cannot be done safely in these uh, regrowth forests. So this is another big issue for us, that they're getting closer and closer and closer to our homes. Uh, and the fire risk is going to be huge in the next 15, 30 years. So uh, Regrowth Mountain Ash Forest uh, has its highest um, uh, fire risk when it's between 7 years old and 35 years old. As it gets above 35 years old, the fire risk decreases up until yeah, yeah. old growth, um, you know, around 150 up to 500 years old. So that's the fire risk. Also, the fire severity is highest in that period from seven years old to 35 years old. So every time they cut down an area of forest, uh, they get to, they're opening up a, a stage in the future, in the next seven years, that, that the forest will be its most flammable state for uh, the following 28 years at least. And this, these areas of forest that they're increasing um, the, the fire risk are getting closer and closer to communities. Uh, here in King Lake, we faced uh, some forest, some, some logging just five kilometres away from the primary school, uh, right adjacent to where people, where seven families live. Three kilometres, actually. The, the, the coop that we've just got an injunction uh, against, so Vic Forest can't go in there because there's greater gliders in there and so it's been protected in a, a Supreme Court case hearing as of last week. It's only three kilometres from our home. So they're getting closer and closer and the reason for this is that they're absolutely desperate for timber. Um, they're logging areas that they should not be logging. Okay. Uh, thanks very much. It sounds like it's very dramatic down there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good on I you guys. You got, a bit of, you got a bit of action in that one, didn't you, Andy? Yeah, that's right. Thanks very much for that and keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for your time, time. For a walk in the forest, will you throw us all in jail? For the myth of employment, will you blaze the final trail? For a chance to use your power, will you strike the lethal spark? For a handful of timber, Will you take our national park? For the sake of your empire, will you let them take our trees? And for multinational money, can they do just what they please? For the local country people, will you keep them in the dark? For a handful of timber, will you take our national park? For a politician's payoff, will you cut the future down? For the history books to witness, will you be the criminal clown? 
For the end of our forest Will you give the word to start? For a handful of timber Will you take our national park? Save the Daintree National Park A couple of songs right there from uh, an album which is called Lock On, Songs to Save Australia's Forest. It's a bit of a historical document. It was put together in, I think, the late 90s or early 2000s by people in the Northeast Forest Alliance in uh, New South Wales. 
and they sort of collected a history of Australian blockading songs up to that point. Um, and so there you had at the top Mooks and Shanto with Handful of Timber, which at the end refers to the Daintree National Park, um, of course, blockading there in the early 80s. And that one, Forest Song, uh, is even older and goes back to the Terrania Creek blockade, the first, the very first forest blockade in Australia. Um, Brenda Lydiard and Mark Laurent there. You can get that... Um, Nefa album, Lock On, it's on Bandcamp, you can find it. And there's some very cheesy old songs there, but there's some pretty cool ones there too. Um, and a great history, of course, lots of famous uh, Australian blockading songs over the years. I once wrote a history of Australian blockading songs too, actually, if you look that up, Andy Payne, history of blockading songs, you can probably find that on my blog. But that's a separate story. Um, before then, we had the dramatic, action-packed interview with a group of women having high tea in the central highlands trying to protect uh, forest there. Um, and there at Tulangi, there's been tree sits and all kinds of actions there as well um, in that area around Warburton, King Lake in Victoria. Um, We'll have one more interview about blockading Australia. We'll be talking to Shona Hunter from the WA Forest Alliance about what they're doing uh, to protect forest in the southwest. But before we get there, I also have to give away some prizes or have the pleasure of giving away some prizes. So David Rovix, American long-lasting folk protest singer, is playing tomorrow night at the uh, Albion Peace Centre 102 Macdonald Road, Windsor. Um, and I have two double passes to give away if you are a 4ZZZ subscriber. There's lots of reasons to subscribe to 4ZZZ. Keep your favourite community radio station on the air, but also you can win some prizes. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to take both. Just keep calling if you want to win the prize because maybe I'll be talking to one person on the phone and um, we'll need to... We'll only be able to speak to one at a time. But anyway, um, I've got two double passes to David Rovix. Ring up, tell me your subscriber number and name, and I will give you a double pass if you're one of the lucky winners. We might hear a little track from David Rovix. He does have a brand new album out, but we might play just one of the classic songs, and then we'll go to an interview with Shona Hunter. Um, and if you want to see David Rovix tomorrow night at Windsor, Give us a call. I should tell you the studio number, which is... It should be written, I'm not here as often as I used to be. 32521555. Ring up. This is David Rovix. When the world has gone crazy And it's all becoming clear When they're gunning down our comrades And it seems the end is near As they're loading up the launchers for the tear gas grenades, we can take off our bandanas and kiss behind the barricades. When it's madness all around and you can see this at a glance, we will sing and we will cry, we will laugh and we will dance. As they shout their marching orders beneath the helicopter blades, we shall seize the moment for a kiss behind the barricades. They will try to break our spirit, and at times they may succeed, but our love for the world is stronger than their greed. 
When the building is surrounded And hope begins to fade In my final hour A kiss behind the barricades As the movement grows There will be hills and bends But at the center of the struggle Are your lovers and your friends And the more we hold each other up The less we can be swayed Here's the love and solidarity And a kiss behind the barricades Can you start off by introducing yourself? Hi, I'm Shona from the WA Forest Alliance. I'm the community organiser here for getting people together for forest protection in WA's southwest forest. Now, over here on the east coast, we're a long way away and people might not know much about the forests in WA, but there's some amazing old-growth forests with amazing trees and there's also been a, a lot of activist work gone into saving those trees over the years. Can you give us a little bit of background about Western Australia's forests? Gladly. So WA's southwest is a international biodiversity hotspot and in that hotspot we've got two main types of forests in the southwest. There's a Jarrah forest and a Carry forest and they're both endemic to WA, um, WA's southwest. And the WA Forest Alliance was formed in 1990 as an umbrella group uh, for all the different conservation groups and forest protection groups in the southwest of WA who were working towards the permanent protection of WA's forests and also um, activists and, and campaigners and maybe you could call them supporters, but we prefer to call them team members. Yeah, and there's uh, 8,000 people that are regularly getting updates. The WA Forest Alliance has a really strong legacy of non-violent direct action here in WA for forest protection. It's been going for even before 1990 when the organisation was officially incorporated. And we've had some really amazing successes. In um, 2001, we successfully campaigned to have an Old Growth Definition Act introduced where 20,000 hectares of old growth Jarrah and Carrie were protected under that definition. But the definition was always very narrow and didn't include what you and I would consider old growth. It also wasn't up to standard to the national or international standard for old growth definitions. So since 2001, even though we've had that amazing win and, and a huge amount of um, forest protected, there's still been a bunch of high conservation value, two-tiered Carrie forests and old growth Jarrah forests that have missed out on that definition and continue to be logged in Cleefeld. And so there has been blockading on and off over the years down there and in recent years there's been set up of camps again last year at Lewin and currently at Helms. Can you tell us a bit about those camps? Yeah, the WA Forest Alliance itself supports individuals and campaigners and activists who want to go and set up um, direct action forest defence camps. Um, non-violent direct action camps in, in forests and that's historic. It's been happening for 30 years over here. Um, huge history. There's even a tourist um, location in Giblet in the southwest here which is dedicated to a really long battle to save a carry forest down um, for Pennington um, and the state government at the time recognised that the, uh, the long hard fought battle for that particular carry forest was part of WA's rich history and so it's um, permanently set up as a tourist 
spot. Um, and yeah, in recent times, uh, last year we we a bunch of us decided to go into Lewin Forest, which is between Nanup and Manjimup, and it's a beautiful carry forest. Again, it 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 is an old growth carry forest, but not according to the state government's definition. Um, it contains you know numerous uh, hollows and uh, fifty seven hectares of um, gigantic ancient trees. It's got threatened flora and fauna. It's um, on important riparian zones for that whole region, protecting waterways. Um, and it's got significant cultural values as well. And so we we heard that the that it was on the logging plan. Um, and so it was that long weekend in June last year that we went in and we were there for 10 weeks. And the loggers went in the day before we arrived and they started to clear fell and the the day after we arrived, or the day that we arrived, um, logging ceased, and we didn't see a single worker or a single police officer for 10 weeks. Nobody came to try and, um, you know, take the trees or the forest in there while we were there. And about halfway through, we heard rumours that it was going to be taken off the logging plans, but we decided to um, stick at camp until we had official word and official notice from the government that it was taken off the logging plan and that happened in September and we were able to move the camp out and it was 10 weeks of a really rich and beautiful experience um, living in that really special carry forest, living in community and, and um, standing up to protect what's left there. And recently in the protection of West Australian forests, you've had a bit of a win. Um, just actually last week, we've because of you know, 23 years of hard campaigning for the remaining old growth carry forests here in WA and the uh, pressure that that recent uh, blockade in the carry forest in Lewin put on the government, they decided to um, impose a temporary... They're calling it a temporary ban and we're calling it a one-year moratorium on um, carry forest logging here in WA full stop. So... They're calling it two-tiered carry forest, which is another way of saying old growth, but where previous logging has occurred by selective felling maybe um, up to 150 years ago. So um, that, that's what's known as two-tiered forest. And, uh, they're, yeah, they're going to be pre- protected temporarily. It's a fantastic win and it encompasses like 9,000 hectares of the carry forest that was missing out on that old growth definition. Um, however, there is sort of caveats that it's temporary and we want to see a permanent ban put on two-tiered logging um, of carry forests. And also we want to see that those uh, forests miss out again on not just the old growth definition but the two-tiered definition because of evidence of previous logging or because of irregular mapping, that, that they are also... Uh, protected permanently as well and then um, we are still fighting for the protection the permanent protection of Dara forest here in WA and that's why we've gone into Helms uh, this summer because that is a high conservation value Dara forest again near Nanup um, that we've we've decided to blockade to put pressure on the Jarrah the Jarrah timber industry and the Forest Products Commission um, and their, their Jarrah operations there's several uh, high conservation value forests in the Nanup region in particular that are on the logging plans this summer. 
and it's been really frustrating um, being in Helms camp when, you know, 50Ks down the road, there are two blocks that are being absolutely smashed to the ground with gigantic trees and massive hollows and habitat um, being destroyed around the corner. Um, but we've, we're lacking numbers on the ground to get people out to different blocks and we've decided to stand our ground in Helms and so far we haven't seen any workers come in. They, they were due to come in and start marking up and um, pushing through more logging roads and we've prevented that from happening so far. We haven't seen any sign of workers or police yet in Helms and, and, the, and the camp still stands. So looking forward to uh, 2020 for forests in Western Australia. Uh, what do you think uh, are the important things coming up and what can people do? Well, considering that um, two days ago the state government here uh, pushed through the approval of the massive Burrup hub, gas hub, which is four times fossil fuel output of the Adani coal mine, we need to um, protect as many forests as we can in order to mitigate the effects of, you know, uh, climate change. And so we're focusing on a forest for climate message here in WA that we need to protect everything that's left and, um, you know, all an end to all native forest logging and clearing, not just for the timber industry, but also um, in the mining industry um, or for roads or anything. We really have to focus on protecting as much as we can to safeguard the future, give us our best shot at um, reducing the, you know, the catastrophic effects of, of climate change and the ecological crisis that we're facing. So we'll be launching a forest climate campaign in the next month that will be... Um, it, we've traditionally had more of a focus on the more nuanced idea of a particular forest, but we're going to be um, now pushing it into a broad blanket, yeah, protect what's left forest for climate campaign. And that'll be backed up by, as always, individuals who want to um, participate in direct action in the forest that are at risk um, and in the cities and um, yeah, I imagine that people will be wanting to target industry as, as well, moving moving into the rest of this year, especially when logging operations cease here in WA for the really rainy season. Um, yeah, the focus will probably shift not to uh, forest defence but to the industry and, um, yeah, boycotting and, and um, shifting the paradigm around uh, forest being a product um, and having this anthropocentric view of forests into forests, um, you know, have a right to exist because they are. All right. Thanks very much, Shona. Great. I hope that um, that answers everyone's questions and we welcome more questions. If you want to find out more about the Helms Defence Camp or any other direct action relating to forest campaigning in WA, then we've got a Facebook page called Southwest Forest Defenders. And if you want to keep up to date with the WA Forest Alliance and the overall campaign, um, then, yeah, just look us up on Facebook. That was Shona Hunter there talking from West Australia, um, West Australian Forest Alliance. They are, of course, they had a bit of a win, as we saw, changing the definition of old growth. Of course, by old growth, we mean trees that are more than 100 years old or forest ecosystems that are... I guess pre um, our colonisation, and there had been some concerns over that definition in West Australia, 
where if one tree had been taken out of 10 acres, then they would not declare that old growth. But that's been changed. So some good stuff happening there in West Australia. We also heard on the show today from people in the Central Highlands of Victoria, where especially at Tulangi, there's been stopping of logging there and a big campaign there to try to protect what's left of Victoria's forests after years of logging and, of course, huge fires earlier this year. And also at the top, we heard from people in the Tarquin who are in Tasmania protecting that uh, bit of beautiful northwestern Tasmania. And so people across the country trying to protect forests. It is crazy at this point that we are cutting down forests. As you've heard different people say, for reasons of habitat, for endangered species, for carbon sequestration to stop climate change, uh, for water issues because there's a lot of runoff if you cut forests, they hold the soil together, all kinds of reasons, of course, creating rainfall, trees through transpiration create rain. Uh, We need to keep those forests in place. So like those people around the country, get involved in protecting the trees that give us our oxygen. Um, That's it for the Paradigm Shift this week. We will be back next week. I'm going to go out with Formidable Vegetable with another song about trees. Uh, There's still... You can win a double pass to see David Rovix tomorrow night at the Albion Peace Centre. Give me a call while this song plays, 32521555, if you are a 4ZZZ subscriber and want to see David Rovix play. This is Formidable Vegetable. See you next week. Let's plant some trees Nice and big and shady old covered in leaves Well, they're good for the air They're good for the ground I just want to see trees